Hello everybody and welcome back to the Catch Kate podcast. So we are now on season two and yeah I hope that you've all had a lovely two weeks um, and I kind of missed the podcast the last few weeks. Um, it's really good to take the break and many people said like oh my god you never took a break after six months <laughs> but I think like I was just in a flow state of doing the podcast and um, just keeping the momentum going kind of a bit like the bees and nature we were like on a roll like spring to summer and then I was like oh I think I should have a break but it was good you know it was good because I think you guys all got a feel for the big adventure that I did um, in 2019, 2018, the 14 month journey. And um, yeah, it was wonderful, wonderful to share that with you. So basically season two, uh, from the polls online, it seems that everybody really enjoys the kind of mixture of things that I do on the solo cast. So uh, I will continue with that. And again, if you've any advice, suggestions, tips and tricks, whatever you like, just message me and I'm really open to feedback and I'm really open to um, getting to know you, whoever you may be. And it's been lovely to connect online, especially on Instagram. I've had a lot of people reach out and just from all over Ireland, just all different types of people. And it's been really nice to get to know you all and just thank you again for your support um, the last six months and um, all the reviews, the shares. And of course, thank you to the patrons who have supported this podcast um, over the last while. And if you can support and appreciate my message, and would like to help me to keep it going, uh, becoming a patron is a great way to give back and to support and uh, yeah, to keep this work going as it is part of my work per, uh, like every week. And um, yeah, it, it would be greatly appreciated. And I am currently researching uh b equipment because i have uh, ran out so like that money that you patrons talking about you <laughs> um the money that you've contributed the last few months like i am going to put it towards some b equipment and i just want to say thank you um for helping me and it's really made a huge difference and it's also given me great um motivation like to continue and any patron that has signed up I've felt that extra urge to continue and to keep it going and I just appreciate that you all care um, about the planet and about the work that I'm doing and yeah I just want more people to appreciate nature and our earth and all of it because it's not really like nature will um live on nature will survive whatever the case nature will rid the parasite and uh it's just about us understanding the importance of that right now because there is no time to lose um it is important that we take positive action 
and be optimistic and hopeful and do our bit and you know I kind of always say uh, like you know this isn't really for it's actually for our survival it's for our, uh, the children the generations to come their survival but it's about respect for the earth and all she does for us because without nature like we couldn't be here and I think it's that connection that I keep wanting to promote that we need her and we need her in good health and you know the planetary well-being like the trees the ecosystems all of that all of that is a reflection of ourselves so the more we can like kind of improve our well-being and our respect for nature and understanding that we're part of it the better we can all uh, feel and work together and experience joy and happiness and all of it and it is possible and it's kind of like I just want to promote that and I just want people to know that it is possible and that we don't need to live in fear every day um so yeah guys that's my long spiel uh, just to say thank you really um to all of you who are listening and continuing on here with me and of course to the patrons like I can't do this without you and every bit of support I appreciate and I just like you know obviously doing a podcast as well like and if any of you out there thinking of doing a podcast get on with it um the ego the egoic mind will um come at you a bit and and try to prevent you from doing it which it does to me or which it 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 has done to me in the past many times and like I've had so many people message and be um like asking me questions about different things you know about going ahead and doing the book and going ahead and doing the journey alone and going ahead and like all my planting doing that and different things and like any like step I've ever taken um any fear I've ever overcome like I always the ego is always there like it's always there trying to stop me and prevent me from doing what we'll say my soul wants and I just want to let you know that it is possible and whatever you're thinking about doing just go and do it because life is short um so anyways okay guys right the structure of the podcast so I'm going to take you on an adventure to Iceland today at the land of fire and ice an amazing landscape with volcanoes craters natural pools mountainscapes just incredible geysers all of it um I'll take you on a journey through there um that was quite a few years back not too far back but a few years back um I did some camping across the highlands and um then towards the end of the podcast as usual I will talk about some um environmental bits um so my work with the growing and the bees and some news some other news about my um my little farm shop that I've set up which is really exciting and um yeah so guys let's get to it so my time in Iceland I spent out on a trail called Landmannalaugar 
<laughs> that took me a bit of time now to pronounce that, but uh, amazing, amazing, amazing place. So there's a trail that goes along these highlands and you basically have to get like special transport to get out there. So I went with a friend of mine a few years back and we had two backpacks. Uh, we had a tent and we had like sleeping bags and it was a real like, you know, uh, out of comfort zone trip. So like my bag would have had uh, like all my food even for the week. All my food was weighed out and the meals weighed out because like where we were going there was no shops there was no like like I had battery packs I had all of it you know and uh, it really was kind of like just out into the middle of nowhere and um, you can look up the trail on google oh my like stunning like I have incredible photos from there at landscapes that you wouldn't even think are real uh, just out of this world um, so basically my bag was like 35 litres or something uh, not as big as my one for South, South and Central America Antarctica but a little bit smaller and then I had like you know sleeping bag but guys like I was just such amateur like I I brought I didn't bring the right equipment I brought a summer sleeping bag for Iceland I mean like what would you be doing like and <laughs> like do you know sometimes like your mind like you think you need to be so prepared and it's great being prepared like now I kind of would be a bit better I'd say prepared maybe because I, do, I always think like you know if you kind of train yourself in nature which I do all the time like you can kind of survive anything you know but like I did bring the summer sleeping bag and I suffered like I did suffer for many days. But, you know, the discomfort and the challenge of it actually made me like kind of stronger as a person, you know, because sometimes trips like, you know, you can take a trip to a hot country and lie on a beach for a week. Like, I don't know, like for me, it's like back to the basics and, and it just gives me pure appreciation for life and for my surroundings you know rather than this like luxury is great don't get me wrong but I just feel like a bit of discomfort really makes you appreciate life more uh anyways let me tell you a bit about the camping so um as I said, I had like winter, kind of wintery clothes, like a Halle Hansen kind of jacket and under jacket and then like a polo kind of neck sort of uh, thermal heater. And then like just uh, had like one hiking pants, one leggings and just hiking shoes. Not not a lot of stuff, like not a lot. And then all the food weighed out and the kind of the mat for the tent and then um, the actual sleeping bag and then I had some kind of blow up pillow or something but it was and a flask of course and like a few like coffee sachets or something you know but I was I was actually nervous like I was because I really didn't know what to expect with Icelandic weather I was like oh my god like we get bad weather in Ireland like what's going to be like going up more north but like the flight was only a few hours you know and I thought it can't be that different <laughs> but anyway I remember landing in on the plane and I was like whoa look at these landscapes like totally like 
barren land and then you see like all this snow capped and then you see like kind of bits of heather and greenery but like not much um yeah it's so unique like the landscape so anyways uh i spent the first night in Reykjavik in like an airbnb or something like that and then the next day we had a kind of a transport out into the highlands to get to our campsite so we got the bus this special bus that could traverse like big rivers and and apparently like like i was there in july like where you have the kind of midnight sun it's kind of called so it's like the sun really never sets and it's incredible phenomena like the sun will go like the sun goes all the way up into the sky and then it starts coming back down and it's like it never goes below the horizon so it's incredible like i remember being in the tent and like it would only get a little 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 bit dark between 2 and 4 a.m so like you really had to have an eye mask to kind of train your mind that like it was night because it never felt like night um but the good thing was when i would go off hiking at night like if my phone died or something like it meant that you know i couldn't really get lost <laughs> because it was so bright i was like oh it's so bright sure i'll find my way home um but i think my family like my mum was a bit nervous before i went because i was like mom look i'm going into the middle of nowhere i won't have any wi-fi there's nothing there you know there's no plugs so i won't have the phone i might get a i might the battery pack might work for a day but i just wanted to keep it all for photos so i was like look i might talk to you in five days or something six <laughs> and she was like okay uh a bit nervous but um we survived so when we took the bus from Reykjavik to the start of the Landman the Lauger Trail, the bus stopped in like a shop halfways and they were like, right, this is your last access to supplies. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> am I joking? I had everything in my bag already. So I was like, do you know what? I've no more room, it would be grand. But deep inside, I did have a fear. I was like, what are the next five days gonna be like? Like, am I gonna survive? Will we survive? Will the weather get really bad and we'll just, everything will go wrong? uh but anyway it was grand it was totally grand and um we eventually got to the campsite it was stunning all mountainscape just incredible views snow-capped peaks and then just like I, the icelandic horse surrounding the campsite it was amazing like i can't express the beauty of iceland like i still have no words like if somebody asks me a cold country to recommend 100 percent iceland unbelievable um so yeah we set up our tent and then we kind of settled in for the night and we cooked our dinner in like so basically they had like you know uh table and chairs kind of covered in an area and we cooked up kind of our we had like you know rice i had like rice packs and different things and you would just put them into a bowl and you know you know yourself like on a campsite equipment you just light up the gas and you heat up your bits and um it's lovely and then they had uh what else did they have uh they had these showers as well like hot showers and you'd pay like five um well the krona i think is what is in iceland but it was about five dollars for like two minutes or something and I was like, oh my God, are they for real? And like, of course, my long head of hair, I was like, 
there's no way I'm going to be able to wash my hair in there. <laughs> um, but anyways, afterwards, like I used it once and I was like, Jesus, there's still loads of shampoo in my head. But I used it. And then afterwards, like I realized I was off walking, right? I went off trekking away and I came across like these natural pools and I was like whoa this is amazing and all these Icelandic kids inside in there and it was about 40 degrees or something in the water and again like I actually just wasn't prepared for this trip at all so I had no swim swim um gear with me but luckily I had kind of a light shorts and a stringy kind of top and I just hopped into the water but it was boiling it was boiling so like a lot of that landscape would have kind of it was like the surface might be like dried magma in a lot of places but underneath like the lava it's really close to the surface so it keeps the water temperature really really hot and then at times even like you might even um sit down on a on a rock for like a snack and then you touch something next to you you're like whoa super hot you know but really exciting and amazing and um yeah we just kind of spent a couple of days on that campsite and trekking around on the trails and just seeing the beautiful views but like you know again I'm going to be honest with you guys I had a lot of discomfort at night sleeping because I had the summer sleeping bag which I shouldn't have had I should have had a warmer one um and of course like I was frozen at night and as well like you know the calories I was intaking for the amount of kilometers I was walking, it just wasn't enough. So I was ending up very cold. So I would have to, um, and the temperatures were dropping to minus at night. So I would have to like, in the evenings, I kind of learned to keep my body warm by, like I would do these runs up the smaller mountains. Um, maybe like, you know, they might've been just under a thousand meters, a bit, yeah, a bit, a good bit less maybe. But I would run up them in the evening and go up to the top and like it never really got dark so like I just come back down again but it was incredible absolutely incredible and I'll never forget the beauty of it all you know just looking for miles and miles and miles and miles of these peaks and, and ice down the mountains and snow and all of it um but then like what happened so we had planned to do this trek where we would traverse all the trail and go from campsite to campsite to campsite but it ended up being a little bit of a disaster because they had so much snow fall that they said to me like at the desk uh you know have you got these this special equipment for digging out snow so you can put your tent in because they were like the next campsite is got a few meters of snow high and you need to you need to have these um they were like this kind of like digging equipment uh to be able to dig up the snow and i was like uh we were like my friend patricia we were like uh we don't have that equipment <laughs> so they were like well we would advise you either to skip that campsite and walk like it was something like walk 50 kilometers in a day and get to the next one where the snow wasn't as bad or you know get that equipment and we were kind of looking at each other like, um, doubt it, I uh, doubt we can do that. So we kind of, we chose the uh, more suitable option by actually arranging to get on this bus that would take us to the next campsite. And then we would just camp up again and do the trails from the campsite outwards rather than, you know, risk literally getting stuck in snow in the middle of the Icelandic highlands and, and not know where we are. 
because like it can be dangerous like these highlands are just incredible landscapes but there's nothingness for like you know dozens of kilometers like there's nothingness at all so like you really have to be careful and you know how it is if you're like a mountaineer or you climb mountains or whatever like it can happen so fast that the weather can change and boom you're lost and yeah it's not even once like I was up in mountains down in Waterford with a guide an actual guide and such bad mist and fog came in that we I couldn't even see I could only see the back of the heels of the guy in front of me and like he was walking I was trying to watch his feet and um yeah it's just incredible like and we were there with an actual guide and we got lost up there and we didn't get back that night it was in the winter we were up we didn't get back till night till about 9 p.m and everybody was ringing us like worried you know and it was dark and it's crazy so like you always have to be cautious going up mountains anyways we chose the safer option we got the bus to the next uh campsite and uh, we had spent a few days at this one, so we didn't have plugs, we didn't have nothing, no electronics. And then the next one we got to actually had plugs. And I remember being at the desk and I was like, what? I was like, you have plugs? No way. What? <laughs> and they were like, where are you from? <laughs> but I think it was just having been in the wild for like a few days that we were just like, well, I felt definitely like accustomed to relying on no electricity you know and they also had like a little sauna house there at the back in like a wooden you know like a circular wooden old kind of what did they call them uh the old kind of gypsy trailers oh god anyway the carts they're kind of like carts but it was a sauna so that was amazing and uh we spent actually a few days again at this campsite and it was lovely and I did loads of trekking around there. And I actually went up myself one day to the volcano. I don't know if any of you remember the volcano that went off many years back. I actually got stranded in France during it. Uh, she was quite violent and like caused havoc across Europe. Um, with fumes and ash and all of it. Um, yeah, it was pretty crazy. Um, and yeah... I was stuck in Paris for like a few weeks and then I had to go up to the north to get a ferry home eventually. It was a nightmare. But um, anyways, that's another story. Uh, I went actually up to see that volcano and it was incredible. An incredible. So it took me a few hours to get up there and I had to cross like these rivers, these bridges, these huge rocks. And I was hiking on my own. Like, and I remember like meeting this uh, group of school kids, all Icelandic, and they were talking to me in Icelandic up the mountain and they were like are you alone like all I heard was a line or something and I was like oh that must mean alone you know because it kind of sounded German like Germanic you know so I was like yeah (laughs) no I don't know what I was saying but they were surprised all I could see was they were so surprised I was up there on my own um which is probably a bit unusual you know but it was so amazing and again like trekking across like you know maybe half a meter of snow and then like just the just the triumph and the feat of getting up there and um yeah amazing absolutely incredible so for the few days in the campsite like i didn't really observe much um 
animal life like I met the Icelandic horse which was incredibly beautiful and like I didn't really see much like they do have reindeer there they have puffins like loads of puffins um apparently like the largest breeding uh pairs in the world and um they do have the arctic fox which is an incredibly beautiful little fox um but yeah there was just there wasn't much like it was mainly like landscapes you know and even bird life there was birds but like not many i just remember sitting up in the mountains and just kind of looking around and not seeing much you know just seeing endless hills and feeling so tiny um but yeah it was an amazing experience and the solitude of hiking in these lands where there was nothingness was incredibly like empowering you know and that's what nature does it makes you feel so tiny uh, in this vast universe and I think that's what's given me great perspective in life is that like you know you see these uh, astronauts that go to space and they take pictures of earth and they're like oh we need to protect earth and look at her and it like I don't believe we need to go all the way to space to look at it and say Jesus look at earth it's incredibly beautiful like it's an am- we're on an amazing planet in this solar system with life abundant life and then like you look at the fact that there's 200 animals going extinct every day and it's like what are we doing we are a parasite on our own planet but anyways we'll work with that (laughs) we'll work with it and we're working with it and um i just kind of i just kind of feel like that again like it's that disconnection from the natural world and when you go out into it the remoteness the beauty the nature the wild and you go out into the mountains and the seas and the oceans and and you know viewing it it's it's that cityscape that entangles us in in the mind and and the egoic mind and the the craziness of wanting and desires and by this by that advertisements and i've lived in cities and i've seen it and it just completely does not suit me like when i go there i just feel angst like i feel anxious like i'm just like feeling that bombardment of advertisements and buy this buy that feel good with this feel great and i'm like this is all false like it's a system we've created of inadequacy and unjust an unjust system and it's it is disgusting like you know and the gap between us and nature is completely artificial and it somehow was created along the way um but now like having realized that it is it's not real you know like that we have um an inherent uh kind of part of us that that knows it needs to be near nature and in nature and the way i live like it has given me so like just harnessed my well-being and I see it in people as well. Like when I, like if I've taken people out into nature, like even my nephews or my friends and I bring them to the forest and different things and show people the growing, like 
or the bees even now it's amazing like I sit people down with the bees and I do little things um you know it's kind of like AP therapy um and it's all about getting back to nature and feeling the that we are part of it and not separate and that's where it all starts to come back to life you know all that you know kind of the false stuff we've learned along the way just falls away um and it's a beautiful experience that you know i actually read somewhere that it takes up to like two to three days of pure nature immersion to fully feel you know back like a human being you know um but we do know like at our core we are pure um we are safe and we are loved and we are um whole and it's just the system that created it the other way so if you aren't feeling good during these times of uncertainty last year this year or any year whatever like it's okay and it's normal and you just have to ride through the emotions the waves of life the clouds that pass and you know you will come back again to feeling whole it just takes a lot of untangling and unraveling of the systems we've built um but yeah so i guess that's my uh tale of how the mountains and the oceans and the the nature and the landscapes and the when you see nature without the cityscape without the cement like you you start to feel again like what you are what you are innately from within and that's so powerful that's so powerful and um even the other day like I went uh diving and snorkeling the local beach and there was one point like I dived down like I don't know six seven meters and there was just these massive strings of seaweed you know meters and meters and meters long like way bigger than me and I actually had like a sense of fear because like for one I was out there on my own but for two well there was these giant jellyfish the size of my body (laughs) and I don't know like I know they like apparently the compass jellyfish only sting like a nettle but I still I still had some fear you know and one of them was next to me and I got an awful fright because you're looking around you and in the Irish water it can be very dark and like it's not like the Caribbean and um all of a sudden it was really dark and then I spotted the jellyfish bigger than me and I just got a fright you know and I came back up and I was like whoa but it's that it's that fear and then like being in there and looking around and being like oh my god I'm so flipping tiny I'm so tiny like you know Uh, and like we're literally just flecks of dust in this atmosphere you know it's incredible it's incredible so that's my little message to you for today to realize that although we may be small human beings homo sapiens we may be small but we have a profound impact on the health of the planet and it's up to each and every one of us to take that into our hands and never underestimate small steps and like what I've really loved this year is seeing people take action and seeing us all being able to inspire one another with our steps and progress with nature and growing and and like some of the patrons sharing with me their plants and and the growing of their seeds and it's just been incredible to share that and to know that there are others doing the work as well um so yeah so just never doubt that your small action doesn't 
count. So I guess what else can I say about Iceland? Um, it's an incredible country with stunning landscapes. You have volcanoes, you have ice, snow, fire, glaciers, volcanic craters. It's just unbelievable. And then you have all these natural pools that you can just go hiking. And then like you feel the cold after a while and you hop into the pool and you're just in nature immersed in this heat and it's incredible. And actually uh, in their country as well, they do geothermal heating, which is where they use, they pump the hot water from naturally from the earth um, and they use it to heat their homes, which is incredible. And, you know, I think in some countries you can't get the hot water that's close to the surface. Um, but, you know, I think they're finding more places with it, but we'll see what happens. But it's a, it's a leader in, uh, geothermal heating and yeah, just hats off to Iceland for using alternative energy methods. And what else can I say? Um, I had some, I remember having some black kind of lava salt, which was really tasty. Uh, it is a super expensive place. So uh, luckily when I was camping, you know, I had all the gear in my bags. Uh, so I didn't really spend that much. Um, however, oh my God, so funny. As I said about me in the Highlands with like not being that prepared. I remember then like a school bus of kids were out there learning like they were scouts, you know, and I met them and they were so cute and so lovely. And sure, I hadn't really met that many people for days. So I was so delighted to talk with them. They were like little adventurers. And they said to me, I was after, like, I was after running out of food then. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I had a couple of bits, but like really not much to keep going. Um, I might've lost a bit of weight there as well. Cause I was just like, oh sugar, no food and plenty of kilometers. But um, probably as well the cold trying to heat my body. But they were leaving the campsite. And I remember they were like, oh, we're leaving all this food. And I'll never forget like the joy in my heart. Because I was just like, oh my God, food. I'm getting food. I can survive. You know, and, and that's again what camping in the wild teaches you when you're not prepared. <laughs> and the good of the people, like they didn't know that I didn't really have any food. But they just, you know. They were lovely and they left behind this big huge jars of peanut butter and rice and everything you know that's all you need rice and peanut butter <laughs> it's kind of funny but um yeah so went back into Reykjavik for the last night and just toured around the city center and I just remember just amazing musicians and uh, they're just incredible at music in Iceland and polar bear statues and just kind of um really good food as well amazing food and yeah it was really cool i would definitely recommend everybody to go to iceland uh i've i haven't seen an, a landscape like it actually um obviously antarctica is mind-blowing and outstanding but iceland is very special and apparently the most of the country actually reside in Reykjavik because a lot of the other parts are uninhabitable. Um, but yeah. And I think actually back centuries ago, a lot of the Irish went up there as well. So um, I would find some similarities there. 
Um, but you know, like it is harsh living during the winter. They only have a few hours of sunlight, so it is it is tough going, you know. So you have to be quite resilient, I would presume. But anyways, uh, about what's going on on the farm, let me give you the updates. So the bees, oh my god, guys, it's been an incredible month with the bees. I'm after catching three swarms myself. One of them I've actually had to double the box because they've been just booming, like an amazing colony. The queen is stunning, uh, laying loads of eggs, loads of honey. I'm just like, I can't believe it. Actually can't believe it. Um, I've been doing incredible work. I've been um, doing inspections. I'm doing all the inspections myself now. So I'm really like proud of myself. I'm just like, oh my God, like I could barely, I didn't even know what to look at a few months back. So I've been like, it really does pay off all the study and the training and stuff. It really does pay off. And it's amazing because I did three hives yesterday and they're all doing really well. One of them was a split hive. So basically the mother, um, the mother and the daughter. So the mother is in a new hive and the daughter was born out of a queen cell about a week or two ago and she's laying she's doing great and yeah it's it's amazing it's a wonderful experience and um i just i just can't get over how special the bees are and you know i just want to promote like how amazing they are like what they're doing for us like imagine every one out of three bites of food is thanks to the bees like their pollination work and like pollination really is like the reproduction at a basic level it's reproduction of flowering plants and stuff so we need them and we must realize that we need pollinators otherwise you know wasn't it ice i think it was einstein that said like if the pollinators go or the bees go we'd only have about four years to live here so we gotta cop ourselves on you know we really we really need to be aware of that we need them um so yes yeah, so i'm i'm delighted like i started off two colonies um from hive mind and now i've ended up with six yeah amazing i'm just like this is incredible and um yeah and the growing is going great my tunnel is booming I've had to prune all the tomatoes because they just went kind of out of control, if you know what I mean. And the kale is booming, the cauliflower, the broccoli, turnips, all of it. Potatoes, I've been eating the potatoes this week. They're delicious queens. Um, I've actually had chilli peppers as well, green ones. They're amazing, the courgettes. I've had loads of cucumbers as well. This week, all the cucumbers have just been like, I've been pulling off two or three a day. I'm just like, whoa, it's incredible incredible and um you know what's amazing as well like how much realizations and and the love i see from nature like i had one cucumber plant that i transplanted and i remember i actually kind of like kind of broke the end of the stalk or the stem and i was like oh no and i felt really bad and then like i was thinking oh no like should i just my first direction was like, oh, I should just dump it because it's broken now. And then I thought, you know what? Like, I've seen nature mend herself time and time again. And she does amazing work at healing. 
So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna plant it anyway. Let's see what happens. And I kept watering and watering and watering. And now like I look at the stem and she's a little bit um, torn, but it, that plant is producing like a couple of, like I'm pulling a couple of cucumbers off it a day. And I'm like, don't ever, 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 ever doubt nature and her ability to heal because it's just fascinating. And every time I look at it, I just feel so much gratitude because I'm like, look at how amazing th this planet is. Like we consistently destruct and destroy and and pull out, you know, fossil fuels, resources. And, and she keeps mending, she keeps healing and, and trying to work to, yeah, in abundance. And I also had like another a tomato plant which had kind of um, torn again at one of the stalks. And like, you can see how it healed. Like, it's almost like a scar tissue. And I'm just like, oh my God, it's, I don't know. For me, it's amazing. It's amazing how it self heals. And, and if we could only understand that our bodies do that as well, like we are nature as well. And that, that constant fix for something external, it doesn't work. Like the body has an innate ability to protect, adapt, restore. And if we only allowed our bodies to do that, instead of quickly, you know, like ringing the doctors, looking for a solution. And then at the, at the end of it all, it is within us to do that. Uh, and our, our body can do that. So um, that's all I'll say really, that nature is healing and, and we are nature. So we, we have the ability to self-heal. Um, and that's just one of the many great lessons that you learn from hundreds and thousands of hours in nature. Um, it's more, I've ever, I've learned more out there in the wild than any classroom, you know, and... I'm really grateful for that and I hope by me sharing with you that I can you know um, impact the lessons with you as well. Also in other news my book so if you're new to the podcast I have a book um, it's called Wild Adventures and it's been doing really well and it's in the shops and I just wanted to say thank you because the local post office ran out of books, which was a great sign. And I just want to say thanks to all the locals who bought it. Because, like, honestly, that means so much to me. And um, just the support has been incredible. And also the shop in Middleton, the local town, Earthway Refill, which does all eco-friendly products and sustainable, like, purchases, like, all in mason jars. So you can fill up, you can refill your products, like, so no single-use plastic they actually sold out my books as well so like I'm just I'm really 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 grateful and I just want to say thanks to each one of you who've purchased and you've made a big difference to me and again given me great uh, like drive to continue doing this work and promoting the planet and us you know together our health and well-being and also actually other news other news oh my god uh, the farm box so I set up a farm box I think maybe two weeks ago actually yeah when I took the break from the podcast I went straight into the farm box and I've been cycling out to the end of the road and popping the bits in in the morning and it's been lovely and it's really cute that like I can just you know get up in the morning and dig up the bits and bobs and bring them out in my bag or whatever pop them in the box and then come back later and there's some cash <laughs> um it's great and it's lovely and I just want to say thank you to wh whoever is visiting it because uh, it's kind of funny it's kind of like I don't know who's coming or going but it's kind of funny and I like it 
and um yeah and i've just left a little kind of honesty box in there so if you feel like having fresh produce you can just yeah come along and visit and i'd love to hear from you if you are local or wherever um but yeah at the moment kind of courgettes beetroots kale uh loads of bits of mint potatoes all of it but what i would say is actually a girl recently she got a veg box from me um if you are into like veg boxes or anything like that just send me a message um but like she was even sending me a picture of what she did with the produce like she made a smoothie out of kale um rhubarb i've loads of rhubarb actually kale rhubarb mint uh lemon and ginger and i was like oh my god so like it's really amazing because the more i share the more like we all get get something out of it because like she got the produce and then i got to learn from her about lovely recipes she was making and it's just it's amazing you know uh it's amazing what we can do when we share you know because part of me is like oh i'm like a hermit here like you know (laughs) I don't know how it happened to me like after traveling the world I was like okay solitude (laughs) but I know that I have to share and I know that it has to be done because I can't keep my mission to myself and and there's there's too much work to be to be done and and we need more goodness and we need more positive action so I'm here for it and I'm here to share it and I'm glad you're with me on the journey so on that note guys I'm going to finish up today um season two can't believe it can't believe we're here already um again a big thank you from me uh for tuning in to this episode if you like if you liked it let me know give it a share um i hope you got some bits from iceland and some environmental bits well-being all of it um again thank you for being here with me and thank you again to the patrons for supporting the podcast my sponsors basically um again if you can support and want to see my message go further and uh can help me keep this mission going um you can become a patron on patreon.com and the link is in my uh instagram so i will uh talk to you all soon guys and oh yeah and a final note actually i did put up videos this week on the patreon for the bees so it's just a bit about um just behind the scenes and what i'm doing with the bees and how i'm uh, you know helping pollinators and a bit of education on it about the pollen and the nectar and all of that and you can ask me questions on there as well and um oh and if you haven't already um i did put up a poll about uh, a lovely rewilding experience so if you are a patron or would like to join in on the experience, uh, you can go on there and answer in the poll and I will update you soon on a date, a fixed date. And I can't wait for it. I can't wait to educate and share an adventure with you and yeah, just share the beauty and bliss of nature. Um, okay guys, have a wonderful weekend. I hope you have enjoyed this first episode back and um, yeah, sending big hugs to all of you. Ciao.